Like sand through the black water, so are the days of our Milton. And now, another episode of City Council Melodrama Theater. The next item I have for you, this is just brief. You have two applicants for City Council um, tonight. I think it would be an, an asset if you were to appoint me to the position because of, you know, the different contacts and um, different departments that I have interfaced with. I've also worked on the county, uh, the planning board here since March of 2019. I am fueled by a strong desire to help our community and make a positive impact. During my experience serving on the city council, I cherished assisting individuals in finding solutions for their issues. I have daily interactions with members of our community who often struggle navigating various departments of our city. I have learned the value of adaptability and flexibility. So seems pretty normal. I mean, it just seems like a relatively ordinary day at the city council when you have an open seat in Ward 4 for City of Milton because Jason Vance, who got elected, decided, I don't want any more of this, uh, <laughs> the Milton City Council meeting. Um, he moved out of the city is why he lost his eligibility to be on the council. Um, of course, you say, well, why would somebody who sits on the city council move out in order to, uh, you know, and not, why wouldn't they stay in the city, you know, where they're an elected official? Well, those are good questions. And, uh, you know, you can speculate all you want, but the basic point is that he moved out and um, as a result was not eligible to be on the city council anymore. Um, something about which he might well say to himself, oh, thank God. Uh, okay, so, but we've got a promise from Scott Collins, the, um, you know, the city manager for the city of Milton, who says he wants to cancel this series. I would love to see him succeed. I hope he would. Uh, but that success is not going to be today. Uh <laughs> Not yet, sir. So the backdrop here, Kathy Ellis, who is uh, not a name I recognize or know. She works on one of the planning board, maybe. She works for the county and the tax appraiser's office for a long time. And uh, she was candidate number one. And so the city council members asked her some questions. You know, uh, Casey Powell, a very basic question. What attracted you to this position? Well, I've always been an advocate for the people and trying to help others and i just believe it would be a good community service that i could provide yeah i mean i don't know you know she's not a professional politician she's never done this before uh gavin hawthorne asked the question as you know if you were elected you'd be sitting next to me and i am friendly so, <laughs> um, <laughs> very collegial but, um very fun if you were to run a campaign what would be your bullet points um that that would attract the citizens to vote for you and you could tell she was like, oh, I don't know, stuff. If I were to run my own campaign, fairness, equitable, equity. Um, fairness, equity. A little conservative uh, principles. Um, I feel like the conservative and the equity part are 
at tension with each other, but who knows? I'm just being honest. Good one. About, you know, situations or um, things that come up. So she's clearly not a professional, polished politician. She hasn't even thought about what her campaign slogan would be because she's not really running for office. She just got nominated to be the city council member, right? So, you know, no big deal. In fact, she's so un... Unprepared is not the right term. It's not fair. Um, She's so unfamiliar with the office that one of the most controversial many, 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 many hours fighting over at Topics, um, she doesn't even have a position on. Councilman Jarrett, did you want to speak? Thank you, Ms. Ellis. I do have one question um, regarding the current plan for the wastewater treatment plant. What's your position on that? I still am up in the air about it. I would have to research some more information. I don't think all of it's come in. So I'd really have to wait and see. Thank you. Mm-hmm. It's a fair question. You know, it's kind of like if you asked about the widening of Highway 90, you know, things that are fairly straightforward, that at least in the sense that they have clear div- divisions. You know, there are people on this side, there are people on that side. There aren't a lot of people who are like, I don't know. So that was a bit of a weird moment for me, for somebody who wants to be on city council that she doesn't have. Either she doesn't have, or I'm not saying, I I trust her that she's honest. She might feel a little bit reluctant to say if she has a strong opinion, um, because for fear that, you know, it might not get her on the council. But that's why you ask the questions, to find out where people sit. And it's very normal, historically, when they've had to replace, and they've had to replace a lot of seats in Milton uh, over the last couple of years, that it's very normal to ask these kinds of questions. So the uh, person who was nominated alongside her, Shari Sebastio. Uh, now, Shari has been on city council twice before and run for re-election and not won re-election. She got a point. I think, I'm trying to remember the order of events here. Um, she ran and lost or got appointed or she got appointed and then she ran and then she lost and then she got appointed again and then she ran. She, I, it, the particulars aren't all that important, but it is worth knowing that she's been appointed twice and she has run twice and she has lost twice and now she's getting appointed a third time. So, um, you know, she was the second voice. She likes to help people navigate government. She gets asked the very basic questions. Same question applies if you're running an election campaign today. What would your bullet points be to have the citizens sway votes? Community first. Community, um, again, also keep an eye on our monies. We need to keep an eye on, on the money and not be spending money where we don't need to. you got to have your eye on your money and your money on your eye. Yeah, she's absolutely right about that. Uh, asked about new policies, she told Marilyn Farrow, affordable housing is a major policy challenge for us. And then Matt Jarrett asked his wastewater treatment plant question. What's your position on the current plan for the wastewater treatment plant? My plan is that we have been working hard to get it off of off of the river and my position is for us to keep moving forward with that and and try to get it off before we're acquired by 2025 I, I i don't see that happening but i know that we're going to be right behind it hopefully okay now i know to this point so she clearly has a view you know she wishes they could get it away from the river that would make everybody happier but that doesn't seem to be a feasible option so she says fine where it is is better than nowhere at all um which i think is the very rational alternative but okay, so far the boringest episode ever, right? Days of our Milton didn't earn its reputation for the most interesting radio city council coverage period by this kind of content. <laughs> that is not the content that anybody's tuning in to hear. 
but it didn't stay that way because you had what I can only describe as the um, <laughs> the two most dreaded words in the English language. Councilman Cusack. <laughs> Councilman Cusack. Mike Cusack, where would the entertainment be without you? So, Mike Cusack, <laughs> I give you Councilman Mike Cusack. Uh, Ms. Sebastian, you, uh, you've run for this seat twice, is that correct? That's correct. And the results of both elections, you've lost, is that correct? 800, then 94. And hopefully, when the next one comes around, it'll be... Okay, so my point is the, the city, the people of Milton have kind of spoke about what they, if they felt that you should be in this position, they would have voted for you. That's just my opinion. Still rude, but still, I mean, it's fair game. You can make the argument. Um, little bit rude, not the kindest of things to say to somebody who had the guts to run twice and run again when she didn't win the first time and sit on council twice and is willing to sit on again and run again. She makes the point, look, I lost by a couple of hundred, 800 the first time. I only lost by 94 the last time. That was really close. Maybe next time I do better. But so far, still not the reason you tune into Days of Our Milton. But here you go. Another opinion, when you were, when you were appointed to council, did you think it was okay to argue and criticize the public like you did a few times? Do you think that was was right, the right thing to do as a council person? You Just out of fairness, Councilman Cusack, could you identify something more specific so she can remember what you're referring to? Well, I can't. Uh, I can't. Re- <laughs> I, I, don't, can't just, I don't remember me. either. So. Let's, let's have order. I mean, it's it's really you you know, not what fair I'm saying for y'all to, I, to I remember I don't have a specific instance, but I'll, I'll have it by Tuesday. Okay, well, I figured. Well, that gives you a week. Members, everyone can be quiet. Excuse One me, Mr. Snow. Is speaking at a time. Mr. Cusack, do you have any other question for Ms. Sebastio? No, I just, I just, the okay. people have spoken, and that's who we work for, Council. We work for the people of Milton. <laughs> the people have spoken. Uh, so Heather Lindsay asks, do you have something more specific? And he says, nah, I can't remember anything. And then that's when Jeff Snow and some of the other council members start laughing at him for raising this absurd objection about some general opposition to the public. And I'll have the video by by Tuesday, which is tomorrow. That's going to be the actual city council meeting where they make the vote on appointing a replacement uh, for Jason Vance. So, (laughs) oh, man, Um, just fun times, just fun times. So Shari gets a chance to respond. Yes, sir. I do work for, we do work for the people of Milton. And I do, even though I'm not sitting on there, I do. And I will tell you again, I said it when I spoke a few minutes ago. I won my ward, my residents, the citizens that are in my ward, they voted for me. They voted for her. So that's actually a pretty good improvement. And, you know, she continues. Do you want to say anything about how you interact with the public to respond to Councilman Cusack's concern? I'm always polite to the citizens of Milton. You mean his relatively rude objection to the fact that you had the guts to run twice? And See, the thing about this is, compared to the, her opponent in this consideration, Kathy Ellis, who I don't, again, I don't really know anything about, um, who seems like a very sweet person, okay? Um, Kathy Ellis hasn't run at all. 
And I will tell you that even though, you know, I, I do think that sort of the will of the people should count for something, um, it's not really fair to say they didn't elect you twice when they improved their numbers on her twice and when the other person hasn't run at all. Because you have no idea what the people of Milton think about Kathy Ellis as a candidate. So the fact that Shari has won, right? Or sorry, has run, to me is actually kind of meaningful. It's like, I don't know, if she hadn't run, you wouldn't be able to use that against her kind of thing. So I just, people lose elections all the time. And then they get appointed to boards, or they don't. Or then they go into other things, and maybe they win later, and maybe they don't. It's just... It's a it's a weird thing, but it's come up before, because the people do not like Sherry, that do not like Sherry will use this argument. I mean, Pam Mitchell, for goodness sakes, uses the same exact argument a little bit later on, um, in the show, <laughs> in the, yeah, in the program. But um, it's just it it's a weird position to take to me. But we'll we'll come back to more of this later. There's there trust me, there's more. Would it surprise you to find out that Commissioner James Calkins was involved in all of this? <laughs> I know you wouldn't be surprised by that at all, but that's coming up later next hour. Trust me, five twenty-three on News Radio ninety-two-three. So that's your um your your brief reminder that uh, the drama in Milton has not completely gone away. It hasn't even, I would say, exactly faded just yet. But I am eager for Scott uh, Collins to be right about this and for the drama to subside. Five twenty-three on News Radio ninety-two-three. Informative, local, dependable. I'm Andrew McKay. The Volkswagen Sign and Drive event wraps up the year at Pete Moore Imports. And that means with zero down payment, zero due at signing, zero security deposit, and zero first month payment, you can lease the 2024 Volkswagen Atlas, Atlas Cross Sport, Tiguan, or Taos at Pete Moore Imports today. It's never been easier to bring a shiny new Volkswagen home for the holidays. All you have to do is just sign your name. There's no down payment, no security deposit, nothing due at signing, and no first month payment. How much easier could it be? Just sign your name and you'll be driving a 2024 Atlas, Atlas Cross Sport, Tiguan, or Taos home today. And as the new year comes to close, Pete Moore Imports wishes everyone a very Merry Christmas and a happy holiday season. Pete Moore Imports is not in Car City, so you won't pay Car City prices. Speedmore Imports is at 106 New Warrington Road, Pensacola. For highly qualified customers through Volkswagen Credit, zero first month payment up to $900. Offer ends January 2nd, 2024. See dealer for details. Some days I cover up because of my moderate to severe plaque psoriasis. Now I'm hitting the road with clearer skin thanks to Sky Rizzy, Rizemkism of Rizza, a prescription only 150 milligram injection for adults who are candidates for systemic or phototherapy. With Sky Rizzy, three out of four people achieved 90% clearer skin at four months. And Sky Rizzy is just four doses a year after two starter doses. Don't use if allergic to Sky Rizzy. Serious allergic reactions and an increased risk of infections or a lower ability to fight them may occur. Before treatment, your doctor should check for infection and tuberculosis. Tell your doctor if you have an infection or symptoms, such as fever, sweats, chills, muscle aches, or cough, or if you plan to or recently received a vaccine. Thanks to Sky Rizzy, there's nothing on my skin. And that means everything. your doctor today about Sky Rizzy, the number one dermatologist prescribed biologic in psoriasis. And visit SkyRizzy.com or call 1-866-SKY-RIZZY to learn more. Are you looking for your forever floors? We got them. Hi, we're Buck and Ashley Deese, the proud owners of Deese Elite Concrete Coatings, where we make concrete pretty. Four times stronger than epoxy with a lifetime warranty. Our coatings are perfect for your garage, patio, pool deck, and more. For one day installation, 
trust the Dieselite experience, now offering financing. Get your forever floors by calling us today at 850-329-5599. We make concrete pretty. Happy New Year. News Radio 923. This definitely rates about a 9.0 on my weird stuff meter. If I had my time again, I would do it all the same. And I'd change a single thing. Even when I was the blind. For the heartache and the pain. Second and ten. They came after him on the last one. I don't think they'll sit back consistently. Here they come again. There's a flag down at the line of scrimmage. Is the pass? Mahomes to Kelsey. Kelsey. From midfield down to the 20. He laterals to Tony. Oh my God. The most unbelievable play. Unscripted. I can't believe it. I think it's coming back. No! Oh, killer. Chiefs would have taken the lead. This this is the craziest play. You've never, I mean, there might be another play like this somewhere, but you typically see this sort of play like at the end of regulation when a team is desperate and down and they're just trying to do anything to score the laterals. Travis Kelsey gets the ball, runs down about 10 more yards to about the 20, Looks around and says, oh, I see another one of my guys wide open in the flat. Laterals back to him like a quarterback, and that's Tony, and he takes it into the end zone for a touchdown. But there was a receiver lined up in the neutral zone on the snap. You heard the flag go off right at the snap. You heard the announcers make the mention of it. It's a non-play. It's the greatest play that never happened in football because it's not an official. I mean, nothing happened. It's a flag. And here's the funny thing. You know, the receiver, I was thinking to myself, I didn't catch this till later, but I was thinking to myself, oh, that poor receiver ruining the play. He's the guy who got the lateral. <laughs> it's the same receiver that made that. So, yeah, it's his fault. He was clearly lined up in the neutral zone. So you can cry and wail and gnash your teeth all you like if you're, if you're a Chiefs fan. And they do, and they are, and they have. But that one, that's on them. Uh, David Wayne is in the newsroom this morning. David? Well, tr- uh, tragic news coming out of Tennessee over the weekend. At least six people were killed after tornadoes hit around Nashville. Uh, two adults and one child were killed in Clarksville. Three others died in Madison. Uh, The storm also, they say, caused substantial damage in many of the suburbs there north of the city. Ukrainian President Volodymyr Zelensky is traveling to the White House tomorrow. President Biden invited Zelensky for a meeting to underscore the U.S. commitment to supporting Ukraine. The uh, aid package for Ukraine remains stalled in Congress. And uh, Alex Jones is back on X today. Thank goodness. Uh, It's just what everybody was waiting for, isn't it? Christmas miracle. Elon Musk restored Alex Jones' account uh, after posting a public poll asking if Jones should be allowed back. Apparently, 70% of people voted that uh, that they wanted Alex Jones back, so Musk said the people have spoken. <laughs> okay. Uh, yeah. Well, no. Great. Look, uh, you know, I'm, I, I'll say it many times. I am an advocate for free speech. I don't, you know, let people talk. Um, but boy, it sure is embarrassing that somebody like Alex Jones has any number greater than zero people who pay attention to him. Right. That's, and and to have however many thousands or millions of people on Twitter pay attention to him is um, 
is not an indictment of Twitter so much as an indictment of uh, America's educational system. I'll put, I'll put it that way. It's disturbing, distressing, and um, saddening, but, um, you know, I don't know. Let a, let, a, let a person talk as obnoxious and disgusting as ever, as long as it doesn't cross over into fighting words or, um, you know, threats, incitement to uh, violence, or, you know, criminal behavior. Those are the limits, right? Fox News, I'm C.J. Papa. Three more Israeli soldiers dying in the war with Hamas. Total rising to 104 while central Israel on edge. I do want to start with some breaking news here. Just a few minutes ago, Hamas fired rockets towards central Israel. 66 days into the war, they are still targeting major cities like Tel Aviv. We do understand there was one direct impact and at least one person was lightly injured. Fox's Trey Yanks in southern Israel. Donald Trump will not step into the witness box in his own defense this morning. The former president says he has nothing more to say in his $250 million civil fraud trial. The Northeast battled, battered by a monster storm. An incredible storm system that continues to bring heavy rain along the coast of the Northeast and interior sections of snow. We could see heavy snow uh, for the next couple of hours, and then the storm will exit the coast fairly quickly. Fox Senior Meteorologist Janice Dean, America's listening to Fox News. Good morning, 531 at News Radio 92.3. A little bit of a cold start this morning. It is 39 degrees right now, mostly clear skies in Pensacola. Of course, we'll get more on our weather with Joseph Neubauer here in just a couple of minutes. It was a busy weekend for volunteers with the Communities Caring at Christmas program in Pensacola. They were out sorting hundreds of gifts that are going to be given out to local kids in need. The Lord has blessed us so much. And... Even when we didn't have all the means, we still wanted to give back. And that is John Holmes. He and his wife, Shana, talked with Channel 3, says they moved away from Pensacola a few years back, but they still come back every year to volunteer with that program and give back to the community that they grew up in. And if you'd like to donate to Communities Caring at Christmas, you can drop off gifts at any Sandy Sansing car dealership or uh, our friends at WEAR also have a, a box there at their studios on Mobile Highway. Well, it's been about a month now since Escambia County rolled out the new shot spotter technology, which uh, essentially would be microphones designed to automatically detect gunshots over a certain area. And uh, it's now resulted in an arrest after a shooting last week. The shots were fired last Thursday. Deputies say thanks to shot spotter, they were dispatched before a 911 call was even made. 34-year-old Tarian Washington was uh, charged with attempted homicide after being located a few houses away from where those shots were detected. The victim in the case was shot in the lower back. Pensacola police are also working on finishing up the installation of their three-mile section of shot spotter sensors. Those reportedly are going to be up and running sometime this month. Police in Atmore say they've arrested a man that vandalized several downtown windows over the weekend. Officers were called to South Main Street Saturday when uh, windows were vandalized at multiple area businesses. Investigators there say they arrested Sean Edward Brown, and he was positively identified to be the person responsible for the damage. A pedestrian in critical condition, FHP, is still looking for the driver of a vehicle involved in a hit-and-run crash last week. And uh, that crash happened on Friday in front of the Publix on Navarre Parkway. Troopers say a black sedan hit a pedestrian, kept going, pulled into the Publix parking lot. They say the driver looked at the damage on their vehicle, then eventually fled the scene of the crash. The pedestrian was left in uh, critical condition and uh, 
We don't have an update today on their condition. But if you have information on the crash or the driver involved, you are asked to contact the Florida Highway Patrol or you could call Emerald Coast Crime Stoppers. 534 News Radio 92.3, and let's get a look at our Channel 3 weather forecast. Good Monday morning. To kick the work week off, we are cold. Low temperatures in the 30s, high temperatures in the mid to upper 50s today with a northerly breeze at 5 to 10 and sunny skies. And each and every day will stay chilly during the afternoon hours. We have highs in the upper 50s to lower 60s every single day. Low temperatures will be in the 30s and 50s throughout the next couple of mornings too. If you're looking for your next chance for rain, that arrives next weekend. That's your weather forecast for now. I'm meteorologist Joseph Neubauer here at WEAR News. Thank you, Joseph. 39 degrees this morning in Pensacola, 40 in Gulf Breeze, and 39 in Milton. Our next news at 6. Breaking news anytime. I'm David Wayne, News Radio 923. This is Joe Ford with Pensacola Right Now. I can happily wish you and your family a Merry Christmas and Happy Holidays. I can't wait to spend the next month listening to Christmas music and giving my nine-month-old little girl her first screenings of The Santa Claus, Home Alone, A Charlie Brown Christmas, and of course, It's a Wonderful Life. Merry Christmas from my family and from all of us at News Radio 92.3. Merry Christmas. News Radio 92.3. Informative, local, dependable. Are you missing out? Affiliated Insurance is here to help. Nine million people are now eligible for low-cost health insurance. For some, much lower. Four out of five people pay $10 or less a month. Didn't qualify for assistance in the past year? You may now. Some people even qualify for plans as low as $0 a month. Why not you? Call 850-477-5840 to schedule an appointment with your Florida Blue agent today. Policies have limitations. Health insurance from Blue Cross and Blue Shield Florida, Inc. BBA, Florida Blue. As a business owner, you have a lot on your plate, from managing staff, growing your business, training new hires, and more. With so much going on, you need Avalon. As an IRS-certified PEO, Avalon HR can help. From running your payrolls, remitting state and federal taxes, helping with COVID employee retention credits, workers' compensation insurance, employee benefits, and their HR expertise. Avalon HR lets you focus on your core business while we handle the rest. Avalon HR, employing made easy. Fall is a great time of the year for gardening, whether it's fertilizing the lawn, pruning, planting shrubs, and of course, winter vegetables. This is Mike Quiggins. If you've got fall gardening questions, we've got the answers on the News Radio Garden Line every Tuesday morning at 9 on the Pensacola Expert Panel. And if you miss us on Tuesday, then catch the Encore Edition every Saturday morning at 9. Presented by Pensacola Hardware, Blue Sky Landscaping, Barnes Feed Store, and Lucky's Pine Straw. News Radio Pensacola is on 92.3, 95.3, and AM 1620. News Radio Pensacola, informative, local, dependable. C-SPAN. Later, is Taylor Swift now dating Marco Rubio? But first, testimony from three university presidents on the subject of anti-Semitism on college campuses. 
Now, if you watched any of the five hours of the testimony of the college presidents on campus, uh, anti-Semitism last week from the uh, con- congressional hearing, the House, oh gosh, the Educational Oversight Committee, I believe is the one who did this. Um, I've, I've watched or listened to about half of it so far. And of course, I've seen the big highlights. The, the big highlights came from the very end, uh, like all the way at the end. But um, if you know anything about this story and the utter inability of the presidents to really say just basically rational things in this uh, communication, um, you expect good things out of this bit. Because you're like, oh, it's perfect. It's a great opportunity to satirize uh, modern college university presidents, to satirize wokeness. To just There's all kinds of opportunities here. So they begin, not terribly. Thank you. We're joined today by the heads of three of our most esteemed universities, the president of MIT, Sally Kornbluth. I've never been more afraid to be anywhere. The president of UPenn, Elizabeth McGill. Can I just resign now? Not yet. And the president of Harvard, Dr. Claudine Gay. Thank you. Dr. Gay, would you like to do a quick joke about your name to get it out of the way? I would. Dr. Gay sounds like a Molly dealer on Fire Island. Thank you. So that's a pretty good open, right? That's that's funny. And then, hmm, well, here you go. You got to understand that Elise Stefanik was the Republican uh, representative who asked the hardest questions and who got all the news out of this thing. And the short version of it was she asked them to condemn people act, uh, asking and chanting and shouting for genocide against the Jews. And they basically couldn't do it. They basically couldn't say, no, that's terrible, horrible. And we ought to prohibit that on campus. So here goes. This is what SNL did with that. Now I'll turn it over to mega superstar Elise Stefanik from New York, who's been pacing the hallways listening to Lose Yourself by Eminem. Miss <laughs> Stefanik. Which, by the way, as that's okay too. That's that's a little bit funny so far. But here you go. Thank you, Chairwoman. Now I'm gonna start screaming questions at these women like I'm Billy Eichner. <laughs> Anti-Semitism, yay or nay? I'm sorry. What? Yes or no? for the genocide of Jews against the Code of Conduct for Harvard. Well, it depends on the context. <gasps> what? <laughs> that can't be your answer, you pen lady. Same question, yes or no? Well, we are serious about stopping all forms of hatred, anti-Semitism, Islamophobia. <laughs> the second one, MIT lady, chance to steal. And keep in mind, if you don't say yes, you're going to make me look good, which is really, really hard to do. So I'll ask you straight up. Do you think genocide is bad? Could I submit an answer in writing at a later date? (laughs) Am I winning this hearing? (laughs) Somebody pinch me. (laughs) If what you're thinking is, well, this isn't funny, okay, that's par for the course for SNL. If what you're thinking is, oh my God, they decided to make fun of Elise Stefanik instead of making fun of the university presidents? Are they crazy? Did they miss the whole point of what happened? But yeah, that's correct. <laughs> they decided instead of making fun of these incompetent university professors who were just so caught up in their own weird bizarre 
defense of having allowed rabid anti-Semitism on their campuses, their solution at SNL was not to make fun of them, but to make fun of the person who exposed them, the whistleblower, so to speak, in Congress. And just, I was watching it thinking, oh my God, you couldn't possibly more completely miss what happened. I mean, if, if SNL were a sketch on MSNBC, which of course it is NBC, but not MSNBC, you wouldn't be all that surprised. But, I mean, why choose to do this? They, they literally chose the easiest thing to do, and they decided to do it in the stupidest way possible. Now, I know that you might not have watched the hearing, and I don't want to depend on you knowing what happened in the hearing, because I have not played these slips. Um, in order to make your judgment about whether SNL was on target or off target. So I'm just going to play you some of it, okay? I don't know how much of it we'll get through here exactly because, I mean, it's really interesting stuff and fascinating how badly these university presidents answered, not just in this one very famous section, but in sort of across-the-board fashion. They just botched it. Now, this was uh, Sally Kornblut. This is uh, This is the actual hearing from Elise Stefanik talking to Sally Kornbluth, who is the MIT uh, president. Dr. Kornbluth, yes. M- at MIT, does calling for the genocide of Jews violate MIT's code of conduct or rules regarding bullying and harassment, yes or no? If targeted at individuals not making public statements. Yes or no? Calling for the genocide of Jews does have, not constitute bullying and harassment? I have not heard calling for the genocide for Jews on our campus. But you've heard chants for intifada. I've heard chants, which can be anti-Semitic depending on the context, when calling for the elimination of the Jewish people. So those would not be according to the MIT's code of conduct or rules? That would be um, investigated of, as harassment if pervasive and severe. That's the light one. Like, that's the most reasonable of the three. And she just can't say, yeah, genocide and calls for genocide are not acceptable on campus. She just can't say, oh, it's context dependent or, well, it depends on, you know, I mean, some calls for genocide are, you know, maybe not so bad. Another calls for genocide or if it spills over into action. (laughs) Okay. So that was the not so bad one. Like that was the of the three, the least problematic. That's Sally Kornbluth from MIT. This is Liz McGill from Penn State. Or Penn, excuse me, UPenn, not Penn State, pardon me, UPenn. Ms. McGill, at Penn, does calling for the genocide of Jews violate Penn's rules or code of conduct, yes or no? If the speech turns into conduct, it can be harassment, yes. I, I am asking, specifically calling for the genocide of Jews, does that constitute bullying or harassment? If it is directed and severe or pervasive, it is harassment. So the answer is yes. It is a context-dependent decision, Congresswoman. It's a context-dependent decision. That's your testimony today. Calling for the genocide of Jews is depending upon the context. That is not bullying or harassment. This is the easiest question to answer yes, Ms. McGill. So is your if testimony it, that it, you will not answer yes? If it... Uh, is if the yes speech or becomes no. if the speech becomes conduct, it can be harassment. Yes. Conduct meaning committing the act of genocide. The speech is not harassment. This is unacceptable, Ms. McGill. I'm going to give you one more opportunity for the world to see your answer. 
Does calling for the genocide of Jews violate Penn's code of conduct when it comes to bullying and harassment? Yes or no? It can be harassment. The answer is yes. In case you were not sure what answer you should give on this test, the answer is yes. I I thought it was an amazing thing. Well, if it becomes conduct, you mean actual genocide? It's amazing. I mean... And I'll come back and analyze a little bit here in a second, but I just I want you to hear the underlying evidence because this is the stuff that I assume I have to imagine that the writers in SNL, if you're going to make fun of something, then you would watch the base material. You know, if you're going to make fun of a debate, you watch the debate. If you're going to make fun of a speech, you watch a speech. If you're going to make fun of a person, you watch the person. And if you're going to make fun of what happens in a hearing, you would watch the hearing. So I'm assuming they've seen what I'm playing for you. And their choice was to make fun of the person asking the question. Do you think that it's okay to advocate for genocide on the campus of your university? Well, I don't know. It's a context. It's a, I, don't, I don't really have an answer to that. Genocide is, you know, I don't like genocide much. But, I mean, my God, right? And, again, I, I know there's more to be said about this, but I'll get to that in a second. I just want you to hear the underlying evidence. So Claudine Gay of Harvard. Oh, by the way, Liz McGill has resigned on Saturday. The president of UPenn did so badly at this that she resigned and rightly so i mean that's just an obscenely incompetent answer here's claudine gay from harvard and dr gay at harvard does calling for the genocide of jews violate harvard's rules of bullying and harassment yes or no it can be depending on the context unbelievable what's the context Targeted as an individual, targeted as at an individual. It's targeted at Jewish students, Jewish individuals. Do you understand your testimony is dehumanizing them? Do you understand that dehumanization is part of anti-Semitism? I will ask you one more time. Does calling for the genocide of Jews violate Harvard's rules of bullying and harassment? Yes or no? Anti-Semitic rhetoric. When it and is it anti-Semitic con- rhetoric? Anti-Semitic rhetoric when it crosses into conduct that amounts to bullying, harassment, intimidation, that is actionable conduct, and we do take action. So the answer is yes, that calling for the genocide of Jews violates Harvard Code of Conduct, correct? Again, it depends on the context. It does not depend on the context. The answer is yes, and this is why you should resign. These are unacceptable answers across the board. They just don't know the obvious answer. Yes, calling for genocide on our campus violates our code of conduct because we believe that advocating for murder based on somebody's race or religion, or nationality, is evil. I mean, that's a, what was that, Jake, about three seconds? Is that a four-second answer? I mean, I might have taken five. Yeah. I mean, with, with emphasis. I might have taken five. I mean, clear your throat. That's yeah. about all the time you need. <laughs> <clears throat> yes. See, here, here's the problem. I'm going I'm to give as much benefit of the doubt to these university professors as I can. And you know me, I give a pretty hefty amount of benefit of doubt. They're challenged because they don't know how to distinguish between offensive speech they hate. I'm giving them the benefit of the doubt that they hate these expressions. And offensive speech that should be stopped or punished when it happens on campus. 
And the problem here is that they just don't have a very well-thought-out understanding of free speech rights. Everybody knows there are limits to free speech. What's the classic one? You cannot yell, fire in a crowded theater. Why? Because it's incitement to riot. Okay? You cannot make threats against, for example, um, a person. Because that is a threat of violence. And then it comes to questions like, well, can you advocate for revolution? Well, yeah, usually. Can you advocate for revolution in Israel? Uh, Yeah, yeah, you can. Can you advocate for the kind of revolution that wipes Jews off the planet because they're Jews? Nope. And that's the difference. I mean, it's really not that hard to figure out. The Supreme Court has had loads of rulings on this. They keep saying that they're using the uh, Supreme Court's jurisprudence on First Amendment in order to guide their policies, but they clearly don't understand the difference between acceptable political expression, which can go to some fairly obnoxious things, and threats, incitement to violence, incitement to riot, provocation, harassment, Okay, which is what this would be if you're calling for genocide on campus. Because... I think the core issue is they're anti-Semitic, not in the sense that they personally don't like Jews, but in the sense that they haven't learned how to react to anti-Semitism the way they've learned how to react to, for example, racism against blacks. Because if people were on campus calling for the extermination of black people, they would have no problem stopping that and punishing that. And in the hypothetical, hey, we've got some protesters on campus who are shouting, kill all the blacks. Does that violate your code of conduct? Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. And the fact that they can't and won't answer that question when it comes to Jews is evidence of their anti-Semitism. Again, not of the sort where they personally hate Jews, but of the sort where they don't treat Jews as a potential victim class the way they're so trained and sensitized to treat women, gays, blacks, dare I say Middle Easterners, Hispanics. And that's the problem. Because of all of these groups, the one group that historically has had millions and millions of people trying to exterminate them systemically, in numerous contexts across centuries of time, is the Jews. And that's the problem. They do not have the right level of sensitivity about this issue, and they do not have a clear working out of what the First Amendment means on college campuses. Therefore, they are incapable of stopping this and keeping their Jewish and Israeli students safe. That's it. That's the problem. And against that context, pardon me for using that word, SNL decides to attack Elise Stefanik. Unbelievable. 553 on News Radio 92.3. I'm Andrew McKay.
Hi, this is Todd Thompson, President and CEO of the Greater Pensacola Chamber of Commerce. Tune in to the Pensacola Expert Panel for the Chamber Connection Show that will keep you informed on what's going on with your Chamber of Commerce. Tune in at 10 to find out about our upcoming events, all of our different programs, and what's happening with our local business community. It's the Chamber Connection Show every other Monday at 10 on the Pensacola Expert Panel. The Pensacola Expert Panel on News Radio 92.3 AM 1620. This is a test of the emergency alert system. This is only a test. Let's get to the points. MasterCard reward points from Penair Credit Union. Open a new account today and you can earn 20,000 free reward points in the first 90 days. Use those points for travel, merchandise, even cash back. And with no hidden fees and no balance transfer fees, Penair's reward MasterCard fits you perfectly. Get started online at penair.org slash credit cards. Subject to credit approval, terms and conditions may apply. Offer available on new accounts only. See website for details. Hi, I'm Terrence A. Gross. As many of you know, I am a local board-certified personal injury lawyer, and I have practiced in this community for almost 40 years. Our law firm handles only people that have been injured due to the negligence of another. Join me this Wednesday at 1030 on Pep Talk as we discuss all aspects of personal injury law. The Pensacola Expert Panel, 9 to 11 weekdays on News Radio 92.3 AM 1620. Pensacola right now. It's like headline news for radio. Every day, 4 to 7 on News Radio 92.3. Informative, local, dependable. Lights in the spray contest. Oh, no. My own dog gone commercial. I can't stand it. Oh. Well, you know Dasher and Dancer and Prancer and Vixen. Comet and Cupid and Donner and Blitzen. But do you recall the most famous reindeer of all? Talking about Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer. Talking about... Happy almost Christmas. Two weeks. Two weeks today. 14 days. This is your notice. 556 on News Radio 92.3. Informative local. Cold again. What are you doing to us, winter weather? It's not supposed to be 38 degrees outside in Pensacola ever. Not even in December. I don't mind. I don't mind. I grew up in the Midwest. I like the cold once in a while. I just don't like it to stay and don't like it to be uh, as cold and with the snow and with the wind and everything. I grew up in Chicago and Detroit, you know, like so... I don't like cold weather, man. I don't like hot weather either. But I will take the uh, I will take I will take Pensacola uh, over the Midwest in the winter for sure. Uh, David Wayne in the newsroom with our headlines this morning. David, well, uh, at least six people have died after some tornadoes hit in Tennessee over the weekend. Two adults and one child were killed in Clarksville. Three others uh, were killed in Madison. That's just north of Nashville. Ukrainian President Volodymyr Zelensky will be traveling to the White House tomorrow. President Biden has invited Zelensky there for a meeting to discuss U.S. aid for Ukraine. Of course, the aid package for Ukraine uh, still stalled in Congress. And former Trump lawyer Rudy Giuliani's defamation court case is heading to court today in D.C. He'll find out how much he's going to have to pay for uh, what he said about two Georgia election workers. He's been found liable in the defamation case uh, for comments about Ruby Freeman and her daughter Shea Moss after the 2020 election. All right, David, thanks so much for the update. 557 on News Radio 92.3. Got an interesting news note over the weekend. The Escambia County Sheriff's Office is already seeing the benefits of a new gunfire detection te- technology it installed less than a month ago. That's called Spot Shotter, or Shot Spotter, I should say. As the name suggests, it can detect gunfire. 
count the number of shots fired, determine a location, and sound the alarm within seconds. <laughs> so I, I would laugh at Bob for saying spot shotter, except that yours truly has said it numerous times. <laughs> It's an easy one to mess up. It really is. And then once you start thinking about it, game over, man. Like, because then you just start getting confused and whatever. So, uh, yeah, shot spotter. And I'm sure I'm going to say this wrong at least a couple of times in, in the next year or so. Yona Govino, do, all, all, of course, with Channel 3. When five shots shattered the silence in the 4500 block of Gurlin Way, shot spotter was listening. Sheriff's deputies showed up and arrested Torian Washington, the suspected shooter a few houses away. I think in this situation, uh, the, the value of the shot spotter was that we were already en route to the location and had uh, the shooter been in a vehicle, we might have seen a vehicle that was leaving the scene. In this case, the, the shooter, uh, the alleged suspect, was actually just a couple houses down. He didn't leave the scene, so we were able to walk over there and, 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 and confront him. That's a pretty quick, like, we already got one. We already got one. Arrested for shooting somebody over the weekend. I think it might have been Thursday night, actually. Uh, so we, that thing's been in place for a month. That's, I think you're going to see more of this. So well done to the Escambia County Sheriff's Office for getting this thing implemented, and PPD is going to roll theirs out within a, probably a week or so. Uh, I think this will be a game changer for our area. Listen on air at 92.3, 95.3, and AM 1620. News Radio 92.3, WNRP Golf Breeze, Milton, Pensacola.